Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Gentlemen, welcome to the Crack Podcast. Welcome to the first episode of the Crack Podcast. You're listening to your host, Mauricio Mookie Wilson. I'm honored and have the privilege of introducing my two co-hosts, two U.S. national team legends. The first one who's running down the left wing and doesn't stop running. Let's get a big round of applause, please, <laughs> to Demarcus Beasley. Yeah, what's up? What's up? <laughs> Anchoring the back and always telling everybody what they need to do with their game on and off the field. Let's get a big round of applause to the legend, the boss, Aguchi. Oh, it's always my intro is like that. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we came up with the name The Crack. Actually, I'm lying. Gooch came up with the name The Crack. Gooch, let us know what's your thought process and what is The Crack? Man, you know, we've known each other for so many years. We're always talking about anything and everything. And this is a great platform for us to, to express that and get people over here to express their, their feelings. And I was just trying to find a word or a phrase or something to come up to incorporate all three of us in some way, shape, or form. And that's hard, right? Um, and I came up, you know, I was chilling at home and I said, crack, crack, the crack, crack. And it just rang in my mind. And Bees can contest to this playing in Europe, playing in, in Mexico with Latin players. Yes. When a player's talking and he calls you crack. You know, crack, the crack. crack, crack, you know, you know, you know, you did something good, <laughs> you yeah. know, you did something good. And in uh, playing in the UK, whenever, you know, you're talking to your boys or whatever, and they, they come to you, they, they're like, what's the crack? You know, what's good? What's the word? What, 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 what do you want to tell me about? And if you can't tell, I'm from New York City by my accent. Um, you know, a lot of slang, when I mean, you call something, um, that's crack it's, it, it, or something's crack, meaning something that you're addicted, somebody's addicted to a drug, something that's, that's so great, that's so powerful. You might lose your home. You might, your wife might leave you. <laughs> <laughs> your boss might fire you because you're addicted to it. You can't stop it. And that's how you're going to be on this podcast. You're going to want to listen to it in the morning. You want to listen to it at night in the shower while your, while your girlfriend, your wife is trying to talk to you. You're going to get in trouble. <laughs> so you subscribe. Think of those things that's going to happen. <laughs> Uh, and fellas, we have an awesome episode today. We have one of the um, uh, talented U.S. national team players. Some people say former. Some people say he might still have a chance. But uh, we have Jeff Cameron joining us from Stoke City, um, somebody you two guys played with and who is uh, who we feel um, uh, fits our platform, somebody who on and off the field, uh, you know, is the clack, right? Goose, can you give me that Spanish version real quick? Crack, crack. Hey. <laughs> hey, he did all right with the New York accent. It was all right. <laughs> he tried. He tried. You know, Jeff's going to be awesome, man. He's, he's known for not holding his tongue and speaking his opinion. So I'm really anxious and, and, and uh, excited to hear what he has to say. And he has for a value sure. opinion as well. You know, that's very key. For sure. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, Bees, you were known for your whole career not to really be as media friendly. Um, why he's not, he's not friendly? Period. <laughs> I am friendly. I am friendly. But um, I'm, I'm excited you, that you, this, you can't even say it with a smile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited that you uh that, that you decided and agreed to to come on this podcast. It's one of your ideas. Yeah, man. It's um, 
is something that, uh, you know, I think people will see a different side of me because, you know, I, I wasn't a, you know, I won't lie. I'm not, I wasn't an open book when I, when I played, you know, I didn't do a lot of interviews. I, I mean, I can tell you, I'm sure probably every, you know, a person that tried to interview me, I, I turned them down at least three, four times, each <laughs> one, you know what I'm saying? So I, I wasn't an open book. So for me, I think this will, you know, show mm-hmm. people a different side of me. <laughs> uh, and, you know, just, you know, looking to have fun with it, you know what I'm yeah. saying? My opinions, what, what I think about different issues that's going to come up and, I'm, uh, but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the to the podcast, and you know, hopefully, um, it all it all works out. But if people don't know, when the first time Gooch that you met Demarcus? When was the first time? Oh shoot! What wait, wait, people that? don't wait, 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 people don't know this though. Oh, Gooch was my Gooch was my size. <laughs> Gooch was my size. I'm telling you, Gooch was my size when uh, when I, when I first met Gooch. He was obviously he was tall, but yeah. he was lanky. Just think, just think of a a, a toothpick. You don't even have to go that far. Just think of a tall bees. It, it, oh, there you okay, go. Okay. Or a, a black Peter Crouch. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> black Peter Crouch, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he was he was tall, linky, uh lanky. I, I told I told myself I don't want to end up this way. So I didn't <laughs> So he started doing his push-ups. Started doing push-ups. So so what age did you guys uh first got a chance to encounter each other? Like, well, it's probably what 14, 15, 14, 15, like 14 wow. 15. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while, man. Yeah, and, Bees, was, and, Bees was that kid that looked half the size of everybody else, and you were wondering, yo, it's because my jersey you... was so big. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> different times, different style of jerseys. That I always is, wonder you know. why, why this little man just can't stay on the ground when you knock him down. Man. I'm like, <laughs> like, this little thing won't quit, it's not <laughs> popping up in stride. I'm like, good right? lord. So the first camp, uh, was it U-17 or was it U-14 or was it U-16? What was the first national team camp? Uh, people do not know, Aguchi and Yewu is from the DMV um, out of Maryland. And uh, Demarcus Beasley is from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And uh, congratulations, Demarcus. I haven't sp- spoken to you about it, but um, I did see something today that said that you have uh, some works going in and developing a USL team in Fort Wayne. Um, yeah, man. You know what I mean? That's a big, big round of applause for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. So, yeah, I'm excited about that, man. The opportunity, you know, obviously USL reached out to me uh, a while ago. We've been in talks with the city, the mayor, and, you know, just trying to, you know, move the game forward, you know what I'm okay. saying, and, and try to give, you know, players a, another pathway, you know, to professional soccer. And what better than have that in my hometown, my backyard, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, when I was growing up, we didn't – obviously there was nothing, you know, uh, even close to this, even you know, close to far away. So – for me, uh, it's something special, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the opportunity. You know, like I said, this we're slowly getting there. It's not, you know, nothing's finalized yet, but you know, we're going to try to, you know, put some awareness to uh, that that part of, you know, Indiana, and and uh, you know, make something great happen, man. So, so Gooch, um, again, your first impression. He already told me his first impression. Your first impression was like, who is this little squeakly thing who won't stay on the ground? And that's funny you said that. The first time I played against Demarcus, I kicked the hell out of him. And the same time he hit the ground, the same time he got up, I said, what the hell is this? <laughs> I, what I, was I, this? This was um, when you guys were the U20 camp before you guys were going into the, the World Cup or the CONCACAF um, tournament. And um, I was playing with a Haitian team. Um, by Coach Nono down in um, Copa Latina, which is a huge Coach Nono, yeah, which is a cute, a huge, huge, huge um, uh, men's tournament down in Miami. 
uh, that would get over like 20,000 fans come to the games. Uh, Haiti was one of the top teams. Venezuela is one of the top teams. East country had a team and I was the only non Haitian playing on the team. So no, no. I thought you was Haitian. Hey, hey, I'm, my parents are Jamaican. <laughs> my parents are Jamaican. <laughs> Big shouts out to the Haitians, though. You know, you know Mookie, say, Mookie and Josie look exactly the same. It's beyond, they do. Because people do think we're brothers when I walk down the street. But, but the funny part about it is that this Haitian team was all the Haitian national team players would come up from Florida and they would take care of them, put them in, um, in apartments, pay them and, and for the tournament. So all the Haitian media would cover it. So Nono, who's the head coach, would always tell me, he said, listen, Mookie, after the game, run into the locker room because we can't have nobody thinking you're not Haitian. They'll kill me. Word. <laughs> That's so, funny. Yeah, man. So we played a friendly against you guys. And uh, I, Gooch, the tall toothpick, was definitely in the back playing next to Yi. All the hate. <laughs> and and my, my biggest memory from that game, um, besides DeMarcus going down and coming up at the same moment, was uh, somebody played a ball to, over the top to Landon Donovan, and he full speed, full stride, received the ball, brought it down, and finished without even taking off a pace. And that's the first time I said, damn, who is this I think, kid? I think, I think I taught him that one. You might have played him the ball. It's not like a long ball sounds like you. So you might have been. Yeah, no, no, I think I taught him how to bring it down. How to bring it down. Goal scoring gooch. There we go. So, fellas, uh, so this is something that we're not new to each other. We are, we are brothers. Uh, we are family. Um, you know, this is something that uh, we wanted to do that was genuine. This is not something that's going to be made up. It's just being ourselves and discussing and giving our opinions on football, on um, things have to deal with our culture and relevant to us. Um, and one thing I want to speak to you guys about is football is back, baby. It's back. Yes. It's about damn time. Oh, man, I, I can't believe it. So uh, this weekend, the Bundesliga hit off, and um, the first game was Dor Dortmund against FC Schalke. And I'll be honest with you, it was the only game I was able to catch. Uh, did you guys see the game? What game did you see? And uh, what did you guys think of the no fans? You're talking about a stadium that holds 60, 80,000 people and nobody's there. Um, yeah, I saw the, I saw bits and parts of uh, Leipzig and, and Dortmund and, you know, we were mixed emotions, yeah. mixed emotions. Right. And so everybody's excited about sports coming back, football coming back. But then it's like, you're underwhelmed by some of the elements of it. Right. Uh, like when they score, you yes. know, these, these uh -huh. elbow bumps. Elbows. <laughs> and then, like, you know, there's certain elements that that a crowded stadium ignites in a game, like Very true. a 40-yard a, a recovery run because you hear the fans screaming. You don't see that, and you don't have that urgency to do that. So, I mean, albeit we were happy to see the game come on because in, in any way, shape, or form, but for me it was like, obviously, without being – without, you know, stating the obvious, you're missing elements of, of – of the great game. I, I ain't gonna lie, I, I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was boring. I, no, I'm not kidding. It was boring. I mean, I, trust me, hey, I love the game is back. I, I miss live, you know what I'm saying, uh, watching games live, waking up in the morning, having my coffee, you know what I'm saying, and, and watch, you know, the Bundesliga or whatever, whatever game, you know, was on TV. But man, I, I couldn't, I, could, I couldn't watch it all. You, you have to really be a soccer lover to really watch no, these games. Oh, so I'm not a soccer lover? I'm not saying that, but I'm saying in terms of like, I mean, that's what you... What? I, I'm, you implying, I'm implying <laughs> that you have to look in yourself and in the mirror. That if you can't <laughs> sit there and watch that game, then how much do you really want to watch the game? And I think that's what it comes down to. I, I think that, I'll be honest with you, if, they, if the, 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 the soccer game they didn't get beat up 4-0, imagine watching a game like that with 0-0. 
it's, it's yeah. pretty tough, you know? And I yeah. think for, for me, I was excited because I love hearing what goes on the field. You guys got a chance to play in a high level on the field. Now, I, I want, as a fan, to be able to hear who is cursing out who, who is really bossing the field, <laughs> yeah. what is the, how much the, is a coach really um, uh, providing to the players that they're actually paying attention and listening to. But you know, I don't speak German, so that didn't help me. Um, yeah. So you I watched, speak English. Shoot. Barely speak English. So I watched, <laughs> I, watched, I watched the Leipzig game, and I was like, okay, this game. Um, and I watched that game, and, you know, there's certain things I like. Like, you can hit the knock of the ball, the pace a little bit more. Um, but, again, just, for me, I feel like I was watching a scouting video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't, you can yeah. It's difficult to watch a game without fans because fans bring that extra element oh, of emotion, right? And so I think yeah. when people people heard like the U uh, UFC came back and it was great, it's a different mm. sport, right? It's, yeah. a, it's a completely different animal than yeah. like that's like watching the NBA with nobody in the stands, like right? I mean, just like, wait to this, and I saw I think I think I saw something on um, I read something somewhere I can't remember where it was. That uh, you gonna the trash talk that's gonna be when the NBA oh, comes back. Oh. They have to mute no, the cursing. No <laughs> fans, no fans, and they gonna have you know they have you know um, microphones around the uh, yeah. around the court. Oh man, that's that's what I want to hear. The funniest, the funniest, a lot of bleeping. The funniest thing you hear um, somebody screaming like that one person into the hollow stadium screaming at yeah. the referee, and it reminds me of my father on the sidelines, you know, at a youth game, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And, and, and it's so funny to hear that. And again, it just it's, it also for myself, again, as a fan, it, it shows how these plays are a little bit more real and, 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 and like um, the average human being. Uh, when you play in, a, in a, a stadium where it's almost like a play, it's like a Broadway play, you look at these guys like they're bigger than life. And when yeah. they, and you watch them play here, you kind of look at them a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. and, and that's, that's a take. But as a player, how much does it affect you, uh, um, Gooch, as a player, uh, especially playing in that back and screaming at Demarcus Beasley, and now him be able to hear everything? Um, does it help you as a person who who's the center back, who's the last man before? Um, it's probably in terms of communication and direction. It's going to help you out. Yeah. Um, like I said in the beginning, in in regards to like that twelfth man on the field. Yeah. You don't, you don't have that extra push that maybe you know. I've I've been on teams where you came back. We've come back. Shoot. We've come back from like three zero down before, you know, and then that was from the push from the fans and just the belief from them. Mm-hmm. And uh, not saying that's not possible without them, but you know, it definitely, definitely helps. It's an element of uh, assistance. Uh, Moog, I got a question. Yeah. You said that uh, you watched the games, right? Yeah. Well, you watched the one game. Which game you said you watched? Uh, I watched two. I watched Dortmund versus um, Shaka, and I watched yeah. um, Leipzig. Uh, who did they play against? They got. They played Freiburg. Oh, I mean, it don't matter. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, no, because I'm curious about this five substitute rule that they got now. Yeah. So my, no, no, but the thing is, is that I don't, I don't. For one, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. But I want to know, did it really affect the game? You know what I'm saying? Because you know, you get three, and people say, oh, three subs, you know, really changed the it, game it, because it, it, it snapped. But then when you got when you when you play friendly games, you know, especially with the national team, you play friendly. Yes. You have like you know you can have six, seven, yes. eight subs. It know? felt and that it way. Hundred percent, you know, affects the game, the, the flow of the game. You know, what I'm saying this and that. So, what what do you think the about the strategy that? of the coaches? Meaning that it's easier for the coach to say, all right, don't let the sub them and try. Yeah, no, but I'm talking about the games that you that you watched though. Did you see it? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
the change for me it was just it's, the strategy it was quicker to pull a fullback and to switch him because you see you see if it works. So you could tell yeah. like that the coaches didn't have as much stress in terms of dealing with the yeah. formation or dealing with the the strategy of the game plan. And yeah. and also the substitutions come quicker. Right? You have five. Um and, and another thing, um uh, it does again makes it feel more like a scouting game and more like a, yeah. a, a practice game with, with the five substitutions. Yeah, but for me it just it's it's too much stoppage. It's too much like that's why I, I mean I haven't seen it, you know what I'm saying? But but even we, with three subs, you got three subs. But we in the six. life of VAR, so stoppage is the thing of the, is is part of I the know. game now. Th- th- there you go. You know, it's even worse. You know, now you got you got uh, extra time when it's you know uh, you get like eight minutes after the after the first half. Yep, Second yep. half, you get another ten minutes or something, something, something crazy like that. You know what I was looking forward to this weekend? Was it all? It was all the the talk about Gio Reyna getting his first start. I know how yeah. crazy is that? And then, and and then he got the hurt in the warm up. Yeah. And the guy, I think he's who started over he him. He scored. Hazard. He scored and had an and assist. assist. Yeah. Scored an assist. That's that's football. For, I mean, he's young. He'll get another chance. But I mean, that's it. Hey, yeah, when you get your chance. Uh, Dorman, when's that next chance gonna come? Not before the season's over. Yeah. He might. He might have to come off the bench the rest of the season. And he was. That was his role initially. Was an off the bench spark. Right. right. And, and it depends on his, his, uh, how serious his injury how is. How serious his injury is. So, so Gio, we, we definitely thinking about you. We're hoping uh, for the best, you know, and uh, speedy recovery. And uh, hopefully, they said it was a muscle situation. Muscle? So you, okay. you guys know if it's a hamstring, you know, he might be yeah, done for the rest, rest of the yeah, – He knows more of that, about that than I do. Yeah, I do. My, my, shoot, in my career, man, I had I don't know how many hamstring pulls, t- tears – I mean, the, the things just sneak up on you, boy. But Beast, you. a lot of people don't know that you played in in the Bundesliga. No, man. I, I, you know what? I don't even. I play. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I'm stuttering. I signed a contract. That's all. I did. <laughs> you, you got a jersey. I, I signed. They gave you a, pay, I gotta, gave you a yeah. jersey. And the they, let me, they, let me, they let me take picture with the with the owner. <laughs> <laughs> like they said, welcome, and that was it. That was about it. That was my uh, German stint. That's that's the length of it. it you don't speak. You don't speak any German. Nah, man, I tried that. I tried shit for like what four months. I had a tutor. I had a tutor. Yeah. I tried for like four months. I had a tutor. You know what I'm saying? Went to my came to my came to my house. Uh, you know, tried different things, and I thought it'd be kind of easy because I still knew my Dutch a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I still mm-hmm. I thought it'd be a, a pretty quick, easy, transition. you know, transition from yeah, transition from Dutch to to German, and then so it was it wasn't as easy as I thought. I wasn't playing. I was in Hanover. And it was just like a, it was just like a, it was a bad dream, bro. Yeah. A bad dream. Like, wow. What'd you learn from it, though? I learned, oof, man. That, that was probably the, that was probably the most, no, easily the most trying, trying part of my career. Wow. You know, because I, ne- I had never had that before, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, when I went to Rangers, even at PSV towards like towards the end, you know, I was in and out, but, you know, but most of the time it was injuries. You know, yeah, I was injured, yeah. and then the team in those two teams, we won every single game. So it was hard to get back into the team. I remember, I remember talking to Bees when he was in Han- Hanover at one point, <laughs> and I was uh, I was miserable. I was I miserable. Was, I was about. I was talking. To, I was telling him about a, a certain German club that was interested in signing me. Okay. He said, "Don't do it." <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. What do you mean certain? You retired. What German club was interested in signing you? Uh, at the time, it was Stuttgart. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Bees was like. Don't do it. He, he was just telling me about his his uh, how the German mentality is different, right? And he was no, like, I'm, he's like, it's, man, it's, I, I don't know if you'd like it. Man, man. different. But B, keep it real. Don't you think um, Gucci is a little bit more German than he is American? He looked German. 
He look a little German, don't you think he look a little German? Man, your mama look German. <laughs> <laughs> See how far? I gotta get so personal. Yeah, I know, right? Always <laughs> personal. You go from zero to 100. There's I some good-looking German and great German people in the world, man. Look nah, at your father. Yeah. But yo, my, my experience, man, I, yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, uh, I didn't enjoy it. But it taught me so much, you know, about me as a person, as a player. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, that basically, that year that I didn't play, you know, basically helped me be- get back to the national team, have a different focus, have a whole different focus when I went, before I went down to Mexico. Like, my whole focus was straight. No more going out, really taking care of my body in a different way. Were you going uh, out a lot? Rested. Yeah, I didn't know you to go out. Were you going out a lot? <laughs> man, yeah. Goose, we, hey, man, we used to party, dog. Don't lie. Hey, man, don't, don't throw me into your <laughs> Goose, they got us. Come out the front from behind the car. <laughs> hey, man, we used to party, dog. I ain't gonna lie. We used to party. But nah, even uh, in, in, in Germany, I didn't, I, didn't, dog, I didn't leave my house. Like, I didn't leave my house. I, I, I was miserable. You know, I wasn't playing. The, the the city was just drew me, drew, drew, drew me. I don't even know how you say the word. Dreary. Dreary, whatever you call it. And, he's, still, uh, he's still thinking in German. Yeah, man. It was it was a not a but, great but situation. The, I, but I you know, for me that it was the best thing that could happen to me at that time. But you know it's so valuable though, Bees, what you said, right? When you're young, you can party, you can not eat right and still have good performances on the field. There's a oh, certain time, wrong. No, 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 no. There's a certain time in the age where that changes. And I yeah. think it's hard for the individual person to figure that out while he's going through it. Yeah. And, yeah, it and what, at what age were you when you went to Germany? I was, man, and I was, I went in 2000, after 2010 season. So after the World Cup, after the so World you, Cup. So you was 30, so you were 35 then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Hey, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, what, 28, 28, 28. 27, something mm-hmm. like that. So, I, you know, it was a great time in my career to, you know, still keep pushing and still have, a, you know, um, uh, a lot of my career left. So, yeah. I knew I, that's when I really, 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 you know, settled down. It was like, yo, you need to concentrate, do what, what, whatever you got to do to get back on the field, get back to your best and, and, um, and do that. So, my focus after that year and in, and in, the, and in the World Cup, because in the World Cup, I only played 20 minutes. Which World that, Cup you talking World about? Cup, 2010. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't play in Germany. I mean, I didn't play in the World Cup. didn't play in Germany. And I didn't play as much, I should say, in the mm. World Cup. I didn't play in Germany. So I was like, man, you know, it's, so I got to look in the mirror. It's not just, you know, it's not just uh, can't keep pointing the finger and mm. saying, oh, man, this dude didn't do this. He didn't do this for me. He didn't do that. He didn't do this. You know what I'm saying? For me, it was more so just look in the mirror and be like, yo, be serious with yourself, okay? You know, and I think that's a, that's a great point that, you know, you can, you can portray that to a lot of players, right? And they always, they're always looking like, man, the coach don't want to play me. He don't yeah, like me. Or, yeah. I don't fit. No, that's, I'm not that kind of player in this system. Yeah. I'm like, yo, 100%. just like you said, you know, a lot of us uh, need to take the time and self-reflect and be like, maybe it's not them. You know, maybe I can do something to change to yeah. make it better, you know? So that's a, right. that's a good point. I remember, Bees, you told me something that Klinsman told you about your job. Yeah, that was a lot of it. That was a lot of it. You know what I'm saying? Klinsman sat down. He literally asked me, he's like, yo, he's like, Bees, why didn't you play in Germany? I was like, I don't know. He's like, no, 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 seriously. Like, why, why, don't, why do you think you didn't play, you know? And he was like, and I was like, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, the coach, you know, the first thing he said, wait, wait, first thing. He's like, there'll never be in any history of coaching with soccer, whatever. He's like, every coach is going to put 
the best 11 that he can make, regardless of injuries, blah, 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 that kind of stuff, that he can make on that day to win a game. So at the end of the day, it's his job's on the line, just like, you know, just like players, but his job's on the line. So he's going to put his best 11. It doesn't matter what kind of, um, you know, relationship you have. You know, you can even sometimes even be a bad apple, you know, but if you're producing on the field and doing the job that he needs to do to win games for, for, his, for the club, he's going to start you. So, there, so basically my point is there was something that you were not doing on the field to, to warrant you a starting position or even playing, playing time. Mm-hmm. He's like, and after that, and after that, I was like, you know what? You're right. right. You know, you're right. I, I, like, I, was, I, was always, I was always pointing fingers like saying, oh, man, yeah, the coach didn't like me. Oh, he doesn't speak English. You know, uh, sometimes like the, the, the assistant coach, he would, you know, translate what he was saying. And uh, Jeff, he's all. Jeff Cameron. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, let's get a big round of applause, please, for my guy, Mr. Yo. Jeff Cameron. Hey, you know, you, there we you go. Gotta, you got to push the button. That's how that works. Bro, let's put my headphones in. <laughs> <laughs> it works a little differently in the UK. He doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff, yeah. thank you so much for being a part of our first podcast. Um, we sat here to think that who do we want to come on to birth our podcast I was against this. I was against this, by the way. You didn't, uh, Jeff, you, didn't, you didn't have my vote. You didn't have my vote. Oh, really? We, yeah, didn't, yeah. we didn't want bees on the podcast either. So. <laughs> Jeff, are you on a um, computer or a phone? My phone. Can you turn it just, uh, vertical so I can, we can see? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no yeah. Let me just do this real Perfect. quick. Uh, let's see. You know what? I'll just do it. I had the, uh, the what's it called on it. So I had a. Uh, a little stand. Yeah, I, I try yeah, to tell B. That's what get, he needs to I need to get that. I need to get that. It wasn't working yeah, for but you. B, B, B's is a uh, B's is a little uh, old school. What? You could say. <laughs> He's just old. I, I didn't He's even know how old. these headphones work. Say <laughs> what? Hold on. Let me let me get this shit sorted. But Jeff, you can use the stand. Uh, it's no problem. You can go back how it was before. No, no, no. So I can I can yeah. change it the other way. It's all good. Um, so, so Jeff, we, we were talking about. Um, you know, in terms of transition in your career, right? And, and yeah. being at one point in your career, you can eat what you want. You can uh, uh, not sleep, party, hang out. And then eventually sometimes it catches up to you. Bees yeah. was stating that, you know, he was in Germany. He kind of realized that, um, you know, for him not getting playing time while he was in the st- Bundesliga, that he had to change some things about his way of life. And Gucci on Yewu, the same thing. Um, yep. What about yourself? What what time period before we tell everybody obviously about you? What time period do we um Yeah, I would say I mean crazy like uh when I first I mean I always ate ate pretty healthy and stuff, but I think it was in Houston I really had to change my diet. Uh, okay. because the, the the heat the heat yeah. kills you. I mean, I'm coming from like New England where I would drink like a gallon, two gallons of milk a week, bro, mm. like whole milk. Damn, whole milk. Yeah, whole milk. I loved, I loved, (laughs) I loved whole milk with Oreo cookies, bro. I was, I was sitting there with a glass. You can't even do two percent, two, two, no, two percent. Dude, I drink, I drink um, almond milk. I don't even drink milk anymore, to be honest. Me too. Um, Good stuff. But, but like literally, I would say I went from drinking whole milk, a gallon or two, and it's just it felt, I felt heavy, I felt Mm -hmm. lethargic running around in that heat is no joke. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I just cut cold Turkey. 
um, cause I was living with Corey Ash at the time and he would have Oreo, uh, cookies and, uh, <laughs> cookies and milk with me as well. Cookies and, and milk. We would, just, we would crush it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. And then, you know, it, then it was just little things, man. Like, I guess when you're in Houston heat, you can afford to have like the fried Oreos and all that kind of stuff. Cause you sweat <laughs> it, it out the next you day. Set it you know? yeah. But I think when I transferred from, you know, when, you know, Jurgen came into the national team and like he brought nutrition, like he was uh, very, very big on nutrition yeah. um, and like body fats. And then like at Stoke, when Mark Hughes came in as a manager, the whole entire system changed. What's your body so, fat like right now? I mean, do you want me to get up and show you my, my abs and shit? <laughs> I know, I, mean, I know, yeah. Dude, Gooch, Gooch tested this every morning, so he thought you had like the number ready in your head. You know what I mean? Don't, you, don't, you, don't you guys do the test every morning? Y'all don't, y'all don't do the pinch what, test every morning? We do, no, we do it once, once a month or twice a month. And then we do the Dexer every three months. The no. Dexer, you can't lie, bro. The Dexer yeah. scan. You lie on that machine. Is that the one like you like the, Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, no. No, this one, you just, you just lie on a bed. And it has this thing that goes over you and just reads your body, like reads everything, your oh, body awesome. composition. Yeah, and like, bro, everybody does all these like, apple cider vinegar for like a month straight because like the Dexter scan is <laughs> coming up twice a day, bro. I used to do apple cider vinegar to try to beat drug tests, not for the break. But anyway, um, <laughs> Jeff, um, let's give a little back if people who are living under the rock don't really know your history. Jeff um, is a B-town man out of Massachusetts. Um, had the opportunity to go play at West Virginia and then finish and graduated at Rhode Island. Um, but Jeff, uh, you came into the scene, jumped into the MLS and took it by storm. Um, had a great career at, uh, with the Houston Dynamo way before DeMarcus Beasley was there and set the imprint and set the landing strip for him. But uh, one of the remarkable things about you, Jeff, is, is and one of the hardest things is going from MLS to overseas um, at the age that you went. Um, give us the listeners a little bit about that transformation and also how they can come about and um of, of still yeah that's um interesting because in 2010 i did my um pcl and mcl um it was a they thought it was a complete rupture so you know when that happened i was kind of on the verge of kind of like just getting in the national team um under bob and all that kind of stuff and yeah. had my first camp before that and i was kind of knocking on the door um and all of a sudden I get injured and, you know, Dominic Kinnear, he's always been, um, he, you know, he, everybody always joked like he's my father, you know, but, (laughs) uh, we have, we have a, we have a really good relationship and, you know, he, um, put his faith in me and he trusted me. And, um, and when 2010 I resigned, um, and my goal was I wanted to play MLS. I wanted to do as well as I could, but like, Mm -hmm my ultimate goal in my whole entire career, what I dreamed about was playing over in the Premier League and playing over in Europe. Yeah. So. Didn't you have that injury, the PCL? Yeah, the PCL, yeah. It's against that team you said that one is your Stuttgart. That's probably why I said don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard injury to come back, huh, Jeff? Yeah, bro. It was, yeah. Um, so it, they basically, it, they thought it was a complete rupture. I did it in Chicago. It was like fucking Bambi on ice, bro. I was like running one way, all of a sudden the ground was like soft, but hard, you know, like those slick turfs um, and I'm running one way, my leg gives out and I'm like <laughs> in my brain, I'm cutting the other way and my knee just went. This is and I just felt, 
No, no, like just okay. The, the, okay, it's grass. at Chicago, okay, 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 yeah, okay. Um, at Chicago Stadium, and I just, I just felt something weird, and then I felt my my PCL, I felt the pop, and then I felt my um, my MCL yeah, like tear, yeah, and I just, I, I remember just going down on the ground. I'm like, there's something not wrong, like there's something wrong, and then I got up, I tried to push myself up and take a take a step, and I'm like, nope, went right back down, and that's when the tears started coming because I knew something was bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then they they evaluated me in in the uh in the, after the game and they're like there's no end point so you know when they're doing like that and they just go like that they were like yeah your your shit is done eight months um for for surgery and recovery to get back to full and then so that was like kind of my mindset yeah. I only had three or four days before I was doing surgery and then uh, they went in they did the surgery and they said uh, there was sixty percent of it still left. It was only 40% torn. So they like cut it all up and they like just put a PRP kind of glued it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And they said, okay, just, you got to let it heal six weeks. Don't do anything like straight. Yeah, I that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I got the machine to kind of go like that. Yeah, go like that. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. RPM, RPM or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the worst feeling is that when you're coming back and you rip that scar tissue and it's like a, I mm. thought I did it again, bro. Yeah, I that shit like hurt. Yeah. And then you have to get it's the like a release. back in your knee. Yeah, oh. it's the worst. It's yeah. the worst. But then you get the I had, I had Hosh. Ooh. Hosh. Yeah. Hosh is good, though. Bro, he, the, the, the scar tissue, though, he was digging in my scar tissue trying oh, to break yeah. that shit. Yeah, oh, man, my God. He got, he got you right, bro. though. Yeah, he got me right, though. Yeah. It hurts. But but yeah. then you, you kind of go through that mentality. Like, you know, every player has that. You go, You can't go through your whole career without getting injured. And you just got to like get your mindset. And I was like, all right, um, I'm going to come back. And then that's, that's when Dom was like, okay, we want to re-sign you. And right. it was kind of like a, another contract, but um, it was like taking care of me because I was kind of runner up like rookie of the year. I had a good second year. I had MLS all-star and all that kind of stuff. So I, I showed my value and he rewarded me and gave me a good contract. And then I, I told him, I said, listen, if I, when I come back, I want to, my goal is I want to go to the, I want to go to Europe. And if there's any opportunity, any team that comes in, um, like, just let me know. And he said, if you give me, you come back and you give me your, you know, like basically as many years as you can. And he said, if there's a team that comes in for you, I'll give you my word. I'll make it happen. But and Jeff, that's brave of you to even uh, express that to him because you know how the MLS is so funny, especially. Clubs. Yeah was so funny about trying to lose players and players going overseas and and he, like he knew he knew that was my goal like yeah. you know like but you, you've he, heard all the stories is, where, where players say that and then at the end at the last minute they renege and they're like oh sorry of course of course, yeah. of course. but the, the best thing about it was there wasn't just one team there was three or four teams that came in yeah it just so happened that it was stoke that agreed upon and there was some other things you know the the owner of part owner of stoke was coming into the MLS they didn't want to ruin the relationship I, you know I got off the phone with Tim and Tim's like don't sign with Stoke uh, is it Tim Howard I talked to, yeah so okay. I got on the phone with, with David yeah. Moyes and David Moyes and I he's like I want you to come here and yeah, tell, tell us all the teams that wanted you buddy yeah. <laughs> so that Everton that would have been sweet no, so Everton so wanted like, you nice for me and I played them in the all-star game so that was kind of like oh where that's right yeah they kind of like saw me a little bit and they from what um, Adrian Heath told me he said that they had a scouting report for a few years before that. Mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of, it's, it's a process, you know, they, they go out and they send their, their dues and you have to get, get good marks or whatever. But um, when, when Tim's like, 
don't sign with Stoke. I was like, all right, fine. Got off the phone with David Moyes. We agreed with everything. Personal terms are agreed. And then they just said, uh, no, you can't go to Everton. They're a bigger club. We want more money. And I was like, what? MLS said that to you. Yeah. And then, like, the deal was, like, dead in the water. And then... Hey, hold on, hold on. That Jeff, was it. Jeff, Jeff, we gotta slow it. it. We gotta slow it down. So <laughs> they base they said because it's a bigger club, they wanted more money. Yeah, I mean, but that's that makes sense. The, yeah, I mean, bro, that's that's how it is. That's a yeah. business thing. Yeah. I mean, reality it was like you know they were like, uh, and that's when David Moyes got pissed off at the league because he was calling the league saying, you know, like, hey, we've done all star games, we've come over, yeah. we've done all these things. He's like, but it was. Now you you learn about it later on. Politics play behind the show, you know. And mm-hmm. um, but you know, at the end of the day, it was probably the best decision because one, I was cl- I was comfortable and close with Tim, so yeah. that would have been an, it made the transition easier. But it worked out for the best because like I made my own name in Stoke, Ooh. and I was by myself, you know, like I was the only American there. Yes, and you know, then eventually Mo came and Brett came, but I was I was the only American there. And, and you know, and, like and Clint, Clint was, Clint was at Fulham, Fulham, and then he went to Tottenham, and he made his own name there. So like it was, for me, it was kind of like, okay, this is your opportunity. Like, and you I always to make wanted your own it. path. Yeah. yeah, and and at the end of the day, you don't want to ever question yourself. And this is this is what I try to tell people all the time. Like, whether people doubt you or whatever, I, in my career, I always I didn't want to say woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, like I could have stayed in the MLS, I could have signed and been happy and, and whatever. But like, if I made the jump over to Europe and if I didn't, if I didn't play or if I wasn't good enough, Hey, at least I tried. Yes. And I held myself to, you know, I challenged myself in that standard, um, into that, to that degree of football. And <laughs> do you think, you that, know, do you think that there are players now that are scared to make that leap because of fear of failure? In the one hundred percent, yeah, one hundred percent. Like good yeah. players, I'm saying, like national team players currently that like I don't want to go overseas because I'm, I, I, have, it, I have it good in the MLS right now. Yeah, bro, but that that could be like that comes with like family, lifestyle, yes. everything, yeah. bro. Like, yeah. you know, like you're born and raised like not for like if I was in Boston, I wouldn't want to play in Boston and be around my. That's so much more pressure and like, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. Like the best thing was I left. I left home I end up going to Texas and like I'm playing I'm playing my first year I was with all uh, U.S. national team players experienced national team players veterans Richard Mulroney Brian Mullen Craig Weibel guys that have won championships Brian Ching Dwayne DiRosario like you had Stuart Holden you had all these guys there Brad Davis you had all these guys who are very good caliber players and I'm jumping in my rookie year and I'm learning from these guys so for me that was kind of like the way the, the wavelength that Dom kind of put me on and that mentality of like having a high standard. And, you know, he just, dude, I remember it was like the third day in the preseason. Um, Dom would always do this thing in preseason. He would do, uh, you know, the, the rookies, then the, you know, the second, and then, the, you know, the other year guys, and then the veteran ballers. Ballers. And yeah. then, so you have three teams. And then it's basically like, survival of the fittest bro yeah. like, you, the, the the young guys absolutely get popped <laughs> and he wants to see how well those young guys adjust how you gonna react and see how they react and there was one play where and richard Mulroney is my boy the nicest guy 
I cut the ball, I kind of megged him, and he just turns around and just two foots me. Wow. Like, just takes yeah. me out. Sounds about right. right. As, as he should. As he should. Who the hell do you think you are? As he yeah, should. of course. And, yeah. and the thing is, I wasn't trying to disrespect him or anything. And uh, lies. Dom, I just, <laughs> I just got up and I played. I just played the ball. I didn't yeah. say anything. I didn't, like, have an argument, nothing. I didn't even give him a look. I was like, I was just a young dude, didn't say anything to anybody. Pat Onstad wouldn't even, like, learn my name. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but but then, then I just got up and played. And Dom pulled me after training session. He's like, you'll make it here. He said, you have that attitude, and you, have, you bring that, that intensity, that work ethic every single day, you'll have a successful career. So, so, hey, I, like, so, I, got, I got one question with, uh, with Dom. Because, well, yeah. you know, I played I play for Dom. Uh, he's the one that brought me to Houston when I came. Yep. So, he went, when I came, you know, midway through the season, and uh, he left to go to, I think, to L.A. then uh, after, after Houston. Oh, no, uh, San Jose, I think. He went to the coach. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so did he do this? Did he do this shit before uh, when he was with y'all, too? So if he won a game away, he would get on the bus and do this, this yelling, this yelling thing. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yo, yeah. so the, so no one told me, right? So nobody told me when I when we first yeah. won our first away game, and you know he gets on the microphone and he's just like Dinah, and then everybody's like, Mo, and I'm like, wait, what the hell? <laughs> Dinah, like, Mo, yeah, man. Dinah, so he, he, he did that shit before. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah bro, but it was fun, man. Like that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. Every every coach has its ups and downs and this and that, yeah. but. You know, yeah, for I, me, I, he I, I was like Dom. Yeah. he was good, man. He's a, he's a player coach. You can you can yeah. shoot the shit with him. He respects you. Yeah. If you challenge him, he'll challenge you. But it's a mutual respect. And yeah. then you know, like you you get your your arguments this and that. But at the end of the day, he values you as a as a player and as a person. You know. Yeah, he was cool. Um, I was told yeah, by a, a Dynamo player that Dom's training session is the same though every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, they're good. I mean, like, yeah. I, I know, I know it's a day before we get like a Thursday training session. Yeah. I know what we're going to do boxes, yeah. passing, <laughs> and then you do that, that transition drill and shit. Yeah. And, but like for, for me, the, the sessions were good. They were like a blow and mm. you know, like in Houston heat, you can't mess around, bro. <laughs> like <Yeah>. <laughs> one session and you're done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a kind of the same thing, you know, every, every player is it's like Groundhog's Day sometimes every week. Same, yeah. same thing. So, so you settle for you settle, not settle. You, you, uh, you complete your your contract. To so, I, yeah, City. so I, yeah, so I end up like you know being happy going to uh, Stoke, and uh, it's funny because Kenwin Jones, I kind of knew him a little bit, um, and then he kind of welcomed me in a little. And uh, big up Cameron, baby, that's our boy. Yeah, he and and the crazy thing is, Clint, Clint told me, you know, I think bees. We we had the conversation like once you go over there, like. You gotta, you gotta earn their respect because most of the guys won't talk to you, and they'll yeah. like kind of just don't really give you the time of day until you prove yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I was reading uh, the article and and talking to Christian um, that you know when he first got to Chelsea, it was kind of the same, same thing. thing. Yeah, you, yeah. You you have to earn your stripes, and like you know, uh, the U.S. is 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 a good footballing country, and it's just not known. And I think people coming over here and it's, it's being more accepted. They're accepting yeah. more Americans. Oh, hell yeah. like you, you, you come to MLS team ever like, yo, what up, man? I'm, I'm, I knew you from like, you know, two years ago, telling <laughs> yeah. your stories. 
all this kind of shit. You know, big up, good morning, how you doing? Let's go have a coffee, yeah. let's go have dinner. Nah. Europe, <laughs> nah. nah. Europe, they don't. They're not trying to make friends. <laughs> but but is that is that the ego? Is that the ego aspect, or is that just the? Uh, no, I don't think it's because once you once you like you just said once you prove yourself and you you know you become you know you know one that you can actually help them on the field. Yes, it's, it's all love. Then you yeah. you, you yeah. know you meet their teammates yeah. and it's yeah. the culture. Man. Much they grew up. They're like, yeah. you got to show. It's you come different. from America where they, in, in in their eyes, you're like, you should be playing NBA. Or you should be yeah. playing. Oh, you know what I mean? Well, Gooch, Gooch, you could have played NBA uh, too, bro. <laughs> go. But he don't have no hand coordination, hand eye coordination. No. Or foot coordination. coordination. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all, these won't tell you this, but in residency, I smashed them up one on one. Oh, here we go. That, this, you tell a story that never happened. Just because B's happened. from Indiana don't make him a good basketball player either. <laughs> Gooch, I would expect you to smash him up in basketball. You just post him up and just dunk on him. This is true. This is true. This is true. Just I, boom. B, having B, your things B, hit B, his that forehead. Shit never so. happened. That shit never happened. Never happened. Jeff, nasty. did you play in international? Did you ever get a chance? Say what? Did you get a chance to get caught up for any of the youth international uh, camps? Uh, nah. So I had a bad experience, bro, like growing up with um, – Cause it was so political. Um, ODP. Yeah. So like I was on mass state team, yeah. uh, Massachusetts state team, made the state team and then went down on the regional team, made the regional team, but was never so like made the, the top 24, but yeah. was never selected for any of the trips. Mm -hmm. They select the only people they selected were like Eastern New York. Hey, um, hey, hey, hey. And, and, and uh, I think it was like, Maryland. Maybe Maryland. Ma yeah, Maryland, yeah, Maryland, Maryland, and Philly, Delaware, I think. Philly, Philly always got it too. Pennsylvania. Yeah, one or two or so. Yeah, yeah. But like that was it. And I was like, what are we doing? Yo, no, this no, is, no one this thought is... about Massachusetts, buddy. They, nah, they nah. Afterthought in region yeah. one. Because it was like it was like hockey, football. Yeah. That was that was a thing. And I just remember I'm like, you remember Craig Capano? Yeah, sure. I played with him in Chicago. Yeah, he was he yeah. was my age, and um, he was a regional team. And then boom, there was like a national team scout there. Boom, they took him right from regional team, brought him down to residence, and he was there. He was gone. And then like two years later, he was playing for Chicago Fire. Yeah, and yeah. like I just remember, I'm like, he was my age. Like this is crazy. Then he, I think he retired to become a chef or something like that. Yeah, who's the best player? Who's the best player your age growing up that you remember? Oof. It, I don't. I don't even know to be yeah. honest. What's your year? Like, what, what's your birth year? Eighty-five. Eighty-five. You were right after Eddie Johnson's year, yeah. Yeah. yeah what is it? Eddie's eighty-four. 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 Who's in that? that but Freddie? like, I, <laughs> but the thing is, I was, I was, I was no one. Like you know, like I got like recruited. Um, you know, when I went to. The only reason why I went to University of Rhode Island was because my my dad got sick. So I and um, the coach broke NCAA rules at West Virginia. And I was like, I'm getting out of here. I'm gonna. Okay. I went closer to home. There was a full scholarship waiting because the two of their seniors just left. One of them signed to Montreal Impact, and I was like, All right, sweet. So there's an opportunity there, and I was like, Only an hour and a half away from my house. Yeah. And close to my family instead of a seven eight hour drive, and uh, you know I was this little. 411 freshman kid at high school and then I grew up to like 62 and I was like 155 pounds we were just wet. we were just joking uh, Gooch about he was a toothpick growing up and then all of a sudden he just blew into who he is now um when your growth spurt was what during high school what what sophomore yeah year? I would say sophomore junior year mm -hmm. I was like 
And what position did you? What position were you playing when you were younger? I was like attacking mid, attacking mid. I can see and that. then I went from as you get like when I got I hear to you go back. yeah. So when I was in when I was a senior in college, I was I got like a ten midfield player of the year or whatever, mm-hmm. and like I was just kind of like a I wouldn't say a number six. I would say I was a number eight. You know, I was just kind of going box to box really, and um, yeah, I wasn't like an attacking guy or so like. You're younger, I guess. All the the players they 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 think they're you know. Yeah, you, you <laughs> I, was, I was a number ten. I was oh. a number ten until long team opposition. Well, I was a number nine until. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but yes, you still. just kind of adjust, yeah. you know. Um, and then it's just it's it's crazy because I think I like talk to kids. I talked to a bunch of kids in, from San Antonio who my buddy's a, a coach, an academy coach out there. And these kids don't realize the opportunity that they have now, bro. Like compared to where when we grew up and what we had to go through, and and I think you, every you generation be, is like that. They don't re- they they only yeah. live in the now, and they don't yes. realize yeah. even when we were growing up. Yeah, like the generation before us, they were like, "Man, y'all don't know how good you have it." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's true." I was so jealous yeah, of uh, of that of, of that residency, the first residency golden child generation of you guys that you guys had Beasley and Donovan and Gooch. Was that what was that? Wow. Um, what was it called? Generation Project Forty or something? Project like Forty. Yeah, brother. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was the first That's residency cool. program, the first time that they took a bunch of kids before you U seventeen World Cup and had them housed, living, and playing in Bradenton, Florida. The, the IMG, the IMG yep. Academy. Yeah, yeah. But see, the thing is, I never, I never went through that system. Yeah. You guys, you guys were like, you guys were the all stars, man. You guys were from the cool states, right? <laughs> Look at this guy with the tear cool in his state. eye. <laughs> Look at this guy with the tear in his eye, sitting ah, comfy in the in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff, what, what about what, what made you the way you are, and the way you are? How I look at Jeff and through your career, you've always been confident. You've always been a very hard worker, very passionate on the field very competitive. Um, that's something that you really can't teach. How does, how would that develop? Do you, what's your sibling situation? What's your family? What's your community? Yeah. Um, my dad was a hockey player growing up, oh, like so. hard nosed dude. Yeah. Like teeth out. Teeth out. Yeah. Like no problem. Um, and I have two older sisters and an adopted brother. Um, and you know, it, it was, it was to the point where, you know, my dad was hard on me growing yeah, up like yeah. hard because he said you know i didn't come from a well-off family my mm-hmm. my parents had to make sacrifices and my dad did construction and he would do side jobs on the weekend so he could pay for my travel and Definitely. he could pay for you know my trips going to tournaments OEP. and this and that mm-hmm. yeah so like and there was a lot of travel so after work he would go pick me up or my grandfather would come pick me up and then he'd drive me down to like uh there was a Fort Devens in like near Springfield area. Mm-hmm. And that's like an hour and a half drive in Massachusetts. And I'd do that two or three times a week Man, and then wow. coming back and all that stuff plays in. And my dad's like, if you're going to waste my time <laughs> and you're going to waste my money because I'm going to a training session and I'm seeing you like walk around and not like give a shit, then you can sit your ass at home yeah, and yeah. I'll save the money. And, you know, there are games where I had bad games and he'd rip me on, like, I didn't want to ride, I didn't want to ride in my the dad's hell? truck on the way. <laughs> hell no. But I look at it now and I'm like, if he didn't do that, I would have been complacent. And yeah. I would have been, I would have been just like the other kids that, that didn't ever make it because they didn't have the attitude, they didn't have that drive. And he said, hey, listen, did you, you can make did it. You, did you grow up, let me say, this might be a little bit too private. 
but were you like middle class, upper middle class? He just said it. You know, I don't I know. Saying, he, said, I, he said how I, he grew I, up. He didn't say like his household. I, I said like a middle class. I mean, yeah. like we, my, the house and my parents, my dad, like I said, my dad did construction and right. did well for himself. But like, you know, I had two older sisters, they were doing their thing and, you know, we weren't, we didn't drive like Mercedes or anything like that. My dad had a GMC truck and my mom had a Volvo, you know, like. And that ODP, it, that ODP fee was real. And going to these tournaments. Yeah, bro. Uh, when, you, when, Ooh, you're, yeah. when you're playing, when you're paying, like my parents would say like, you're paying a thousand dollars or for just a fee for the year. Yeah. And then that's not including like these tournaments and hotels. And hotels. You know, like I remember I got in trouble from school and <laughs> I didn't, I didn't do like whatever. And uh, my dad just laid into me. He's like, you're not going. You don't want to do the schoolwork. You don't want to put the effort in. That's all right. I'm not going to put the effort in. I don't give a shit. You don't yeah. give a shit. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And like, yeah. you go through those moments and it's kind of tough love. And you, you know, don't realize it until you're older. And, and it no, nah, man. Like, like I like, cried. Like, I was like, I, I hate you, dad. Like, right. yeah. I don't want to talk to you. I want to just hang out with my buddies down the street. And like, they're like, they're playing. And he's like, no, go in the backyard, go juggle a soccer ball. You know, like you, know, you, you gotta Jeff, put the effort in. Jeff, that, that's so real. I remember growing up and my father who played soccer growing up and you know, so he was such a big critic. I can score five goals and he'll tell me about the five bad passes that I made. And the yeah. worst was that drive home. <laughs> that's brutal, and yeah. brutal but brutal two, two things that happened right it made you the man you are because imagine those parents who told their kids all the time oh you play so you're good. gonna be great you're yeah, gonna yeah. Be, don't they worry don't about it it's always the coach's fault and it also yeah. you develop a relationship with your father that a lot of people don't get a chance to but those long drives those every weekend being committed to going to um, a tournament. One hundred percent. Those are the those yeah. are the best, best memories that I have. With best best yeah. memories with my grandfather. Um, you know, who passed away. It's been it's been over ten. Uh, it's been over fifteen years now. But I was. It was like a tripod. It was my dad, my grandfather, and me. Mm -hmm. We yeah. had a special oh. special relationship. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, I had to listen to like my grandfather drove. I had to listen to jazz music. I fucking hated it. <laughs> my dad, my dad hated, the same way. The same hated way. it. I bet you got a and jazz collection like, now, though. I love it. Yeah. You know, there's, nothing, there's nothing better than I love just chilling, having a sip of Woodford Reserve on the rocks. Nice. And then I'll just put on some chill jazz and like it just makes me reminisce a little bit. And Isn't it funny how we don't think about how much we end up becoming like parents. our parents yeah, older? Parents. Yeah. Yeah. And like you're but, like, but oh, you I hated pick that, up but the, now you're like. But you pick up the good, you know, like you realize like how it affected you and you're like, okay, those are the things I want to continue and keep. Mm -hmm. And the things that you maybe would have, you've had a bad experiences or like, you know, of the society that we live in now. And especially with the generation, these kids, like they need, some of these kids need to get smacked up the head. They need everything. Hard, tough to love. Them. And that's yeah. the problem right yeah. now with the Academy system. It's like these kids. Everything is given to them. If they get, yeah. they always get it. They, they emulate in the MLS Academy and they think that they made it already. And as when we grew up, we played ODP. You had to make the states. You had to make the regional team. There's uh -huh. a negative part of it because there's politics. So a lot of great players were able to make those situations. Yep. But we didn't have 10 academies in one state where everybody feels who they're not that good, but they feel like I'm on academy. I don't have to work as hard and I'm privileged. And look at the jersey I got who wearing. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, even, even, even in my last couple of years in uh, well, Houston, yo, mm -hmm. like some of the young kids that come train. Oh. And you know how you know how you gotta wear like you know now you got all the heart monitors and all yes. that 
you got to put on so you know how far you run this and that, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, back in the day, you know, Goose with Pierre, you know, uh, we didn't have none of that, the watches and, you know, all the technology. So he'd be like, are you tired? Like, no. Nah. Can you play? All right, go ahead. Run. Yeah, play. Yeah. Like now, but now I'm on point. Now you got kids that come to the, you know, come to the first and go, oh, um, I, I, I need to check my, uh, see how much I ran today. I need to see. My, my loading my, is high. Yeah, my load, my my load is too. high. I don't know if I can, I can, you know, train tomorrow. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> like one, you're only six. You're only, you're only 17 years old. 16 yeah, years old. That's supposed to be for the Why older are you guys, checking? man. Exactly. Why are you checking that shit? Yo, just go out there and run. Run until you fall out. You know Definitely. what I'm saying? That's what we. That's what you should do. We ain't have none of that yeah. other shit that they had today. So, so but Jeff, that, that's a mentality. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Jeff, that's that's what's going on to the mentality part. You take off. You go to Stoke. What was your first impression of Stoke and uh, the Premier League when you first got there? Oh, I was crazy, man. Like I was, I was in awe. I, honestly, I was in awe. Like my, I just remember my first game was against Arsenal, yeah. and I'm telling you, like we actually was that, was that just, at the Emirates. No, that was at okay. Stoke. Okay. And like Stoke and Arsenal hate each other. Yeah. Like they hate each other. Game was sold out, packed. I actually just got back from Mexico. Bees, you were at the game when we beat Mexico, right? Yeah. In Azteca. With, Roscoe scored. Yeah, with a Roscoe score. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah. Roscoe scored. Yeah, yeah. So we, I had my first Premier League game, like three days after that, and I remember Crazy. flying. I was like, just got. To, I literally because I was still in a hotel. Yeah. I landed Thursday, Thursday night or Friday morning, and then I was in the hotel, and it was an early kickoff. It was a 12, 12 o'clock kickoff, and I'm like nervous. And like anxious, and then I just remember walking out, and then you hear Delilah, you hear the song, like everybody, and you're just like, "Holy Delilah. shit, I'm here, yeah. I'm here," you know, like this is the Premier League. You hear the anthem, and you're like, you're walking on the pitch, and you start getting goosebumps, and you're like, "Damn!" And then it was kind of like it happened so quick, where I just remember one play. We were in their box. All of a sudden, it was like two passes. Ramsey almost goes through. Van Persie passes Van Persie, and they're on our 18, and we're and I'm sprinting. And we defended for our lives for about five minutes, and then it was like one or two passes, and doom, we're down on their end. Yeah. And John Walters through, and and just the, the speed of the game, the quickness was so fast. And I was like, it, I mean, the, in, the international level is slow compared to the Premier League. Wow. Yeah. Wow! Right when you It's a different. It's it's different. I think the Premiership is the fastest football in the world. Yeah. Not necessarily yeah, the best football, but definitely the fastest it's in terms fastest. of pace. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're you're definitely right in terms of your. <laughs> your yeah. No, I hundred percent agree. You know, you think you, you think know, of the World Cup. The slow. Yeah. You basically you go you you attack and then you defend. You attack. You do, it's not no up and down. You know, going nah. up and down. It's, and you know what the crazy like, thing is? My, so when I would get, when I got back, um, or actually it was, it, I, I noticed it more of uh, when I was under Mark Hughes, because they would always say, like, if you go back for international, you come back to the, to the club, they'd be like, this Premier League speed, prim, Premier League pace, not, this is not international, oh, this is not like, yeah. and they would say it, because like the boxes, you're doing 5v2 and you're whipping it in, and you know, like the mess around boxes and the national team. You know, some guys are lazy. They wouldn't like. They give you a bad pass. They're like, nah. Gooch, <laughs> Mo, Mo's the worst yeah, one, Mo, bro. Mo, Mo's Mo's the worst. Gooch. He was... Not Gooch. I, I don't Jones give out. Not Gooch. 
Yeah. You out of your damn mind, boy. You never, you never, you never move to try to get the ball. Like, try to help the person that's the ball. Like, you guys, you guys, do, you guys do, are you out of your mind? They do the moonwalk away. They do the moonwalk away. They're like, uh, B didn't know what defending was to the last five years of his career. <laughs> so you go through, you go through those experiences with the national team and like, that's just like the big difference of, of the speed of play. And then, you know, like I'm thinking Mexico, we just, be, I'm off of a high. Um, and then I'm like on another high. Cause I'm like, this is my first Premier League game of my career. And I'm walking out and I'm like, damn, that's, that's Van Persie. Yes. That's like, Oh damn. That's like, Oh my God. And then you're like, why, why are you sweating these dudes? Like, you're about to play them. Like, you got to smash them. And um, I, had, I had a really good game. And for, like, for my first game, it was, like, a test, you know? Like, because the yeah. crowd want to see you're the new signing. You're playing midfield. And, like, you make a good play, they clap. You make a bad play, they get on you. And you got to, like, you got to <laughs> well, adjust. Well, you gotta... well, just to pause you right there, because we were talking about this earlier, and you bring up the crowd. And we were talking about this weekend how the Bundesliga started up again and there was no crowd and how that could have affected the gameplay. Do you think, obviously, because like you say, your first game and you heard the crowd when they applauded you when you did something well or if you yeah. didn't, how much do you think that, that affects a player? Oh, I think it's, you, you know, we, got, we play with guys that love that shit. <laughs> you know, that they, they feed off of it. Yeah. And then, like, you know, it, I don't know. I, I, th I think it's definitely going to have an effect. I think it's going to be crickets. You'll hear the talkers in, in a game now because, yeah. you know, those, those, the silent ones that, like, they're like, oh, I'm talking, but you're not really talking. Right. And they right. don't say shit. Um, so I think that will, be, that will be interesting. I mean, shit, they're saying mid-June mid or so, and, you know, you see in the game against Dortmund and Schalke, and, you know, after the game, the, the, the players go over and they clap their, their fans. That, that, and do everything and no fans. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> you know, I like, what about the celebration? Have y'all started training yet? Um, we start next week. Start next week. Okay. Start next week. So we got to do testing beginning of this week and then we go from there. So, yeah, yeah bro, I just want to get back to playing, man. Just yeah, want to get back to playing. Hey, Jeff, we have a segment we call... Uh, Say what? What? And uh, we play a clip, and we're going to play a clip from um, Jermaine Jones, another teammate of yours and teammate of the rest of the guys on the podcast. Um, he has a, a brand-new podcast out called 13 and Me, and he had another former uh, U.S. men's national team player, Eddie Johnson, uh, who came on the show. And uh, we're just going to play a, a little snippet from them and then see what you guys, your thoughts on it. Here we go. What I'm saying is we don't, we don't develop enough Jermaine Jones Clint Dempsey's. Why? Because all of the kids that are playing on these top teams, parents are financially stable. They're all rich kids. Yeah. So you can't teach a rich kid how to be a warrior, how to how to fight during trials and tribulations, or how to earn things when things are difficult in life. And 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 um, that second is about Eddie Johnson, and, and uh, I kind of disagree. I think I hear what he's saying, but at the same time, I asked, I asked about Jeff. What was your home like? Because I know a lot of kids that were rich who had everything, but uh, their parents and their morals and their values and what they wanted and goals of life, they were very determined and worked hard. What do you guys feel about that? I want to hear what Jeff says, yeah. Oh, you want to hear what I say? Yeah. I would say I, I agree and I disagree. Because I do think, like, you meet guys like Eddie and, like, Clint. Clint came from, 
you know, nothing. And he had that chip on his shoulder and he had that swag about him. He had that ruthlessness. He had that fight determination. Um, and then you had Eddie, the same thing, but you also have guys that came from wealthy backgrounds or financially stable backgrounds that had the same mentality. Yeah. I think it's just a more of how you're raised and how you're brought up. I mean, shit, I didn't come from a wealthy family. I didn't have all the luxurious things, but I wasn't like, I didn't come from uh, a struggling area. Like I had food on my table and this and that. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't hard from, it wasn't, I didn't see that. You didn't need for anything. But, but yeah. my parents did everything they possibly could to put food on the make table, sure. make sure that I was okay. Um, and I have this same mental. I would say I'm a fighter. I don't like, I don't like losing. Maybe I don't have that. Maybe I don't have the chip on my shoulder or anything like that. Or maybe I'm not as cutthroat as Clint, but, um, I mean, Clint's a baller. His, his, his skill set is different. Yeah. Um, I, I, from think mine. His, I think in my opinion, his comment really, for me, it isolates a demographic for no reason, right? So you're, you want to punish a child because of his parents' success and saying that because his parents are successful, they don't have the ability to instill in him good ethical values of hard work. Right. And that's, that's ultimately how they became rich most of the times, right? Because they, they, they've earned or they've learned how to get, like, they became ruthless. They were, yeah. they were fighters and right. they developed, they had, maybe they, they started from nothing. Right. And they added a, I mean, a, you got, an amazing you, business. You have the Eddie Johnsons, you have the Clint Dempsey's, obviously. And there's a lot more examples in, like, in like uh, urban areas that, that have that grit. But, you know, that doesn't take away from other kids and their abilities that probably didn't grow up you know, wanting, um, like, I, I would say, I would say that the hardest thing for me is, you know, looking back in the ODP and I go home and you see all these coaches thinking they're like <laughs> Pep Guardiola and all this shit. I'd say it's the arrogance and like the coaching, like you know, I had people tell me I would never make it cause I was yes. small, yeah. you know? And like, for me, that fueled the fire and like, who the hell are they to tell me that I'll never make it when they've never played at the highest level? When they don't know, like, and, and this is this is what I see, like, you, or you hear um, back home and you see coaches, you, all you have to do is go to, a, like, a, a club club tournament or whatever. You see all these coaches walk around with their track suits and, like, thinking they're, like, they, they, they big time. Because, this shit. Because you know what, it's the egos they get from these parents. Of course. And, and in their little pockets. I tell these coaches, I'm laughing. I said, listen, you're the man in your little town. Right, but it's a big world of football out here. Yeah, okay? of course. And, and how many how many players have you developed? And that's another thing, right? It's only so much a coach can do to develop a player. Like you said, it comes it's a, your parents, your, your environment, um, your athletic ability. You know, all these things go into it, and luck, right? Go into course, making it. You gotta have luck. I, I, one thing I want to say is that I think for me, it's not. I think that does play what Eddie was saying. Like you said, you agree and disagree. But I think also, I think the problem we might have in this country is the fallback, meaning soccer is not the end of all. Like, like we don't have to, I'm going to try to play soccer is cute, but if I don't make it, I know I can do X, Y, and Z, right? And, and some people... Jeff, you're on mute. Yeah, Jeff, we, we can't hear you. I don't know why it keeps doing that. Yeah, um, yeah because you got more, you got more opportunity. You can go play basketball. You can play baseball. You can play football. Exactly. Like, you have other well, not, sports. Not even fallback. that, though. Not even that, though. You have... Even if you don't have sports, you got school. Because yeah, a lot of, lot of, of, a lot of uh, you know, a lot of, um, even players, even RU17, RU17 national team boots, you know, they all came, you know, uh, or oh, half of them went pro, 
but they only, their careers only lasted, you know, six, seven years. But the, yeah. because they, they went to school, they're, you know, all four years, they got a great degree and they could be making more money, you know what I'm saying, doing something else. But that was always in the back of their head. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if soccer doesn't work, I have, I can be, go be a doctor. I can go be a lawyer. Uh, I can, which is a good thing, options. but not necessarily no, makes the, the, the most, best the, mo- the best athletes or the best yeah. soccer players and be most successful. I take, for instance, a guy coming out of uh, New York, um, Jordan Celia. Yeah. And, and Jordan was a hell of a player, but Jordan went to Duke. When Jordan go. was getting pushed around MLS, he was like, listen, I got a, I got a, I got a degree from Duke. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, see you I'll make more money doing something yeah. else. Exactly. I got I to gotta do but, what? Fitness test? And he, I'm and he is. But on the, but on the, yeah. but on the flip yeah, side, on the flip side of it, in my situation, I, got, I ended up finishing my degree and whatever, but I didn't want to do anything else. Yeah. That, I, I, that wasn't in the back of my mind. When I was in college, I'm like, yeah, I want to get a degree so I can fall back on it. Yeah. Not, not, that's not my main priority. My main priority is I want to make it pro, whether it's, you know, like playing MLS or whatever. Like if I didn't make it the MLS, I would have gone overseas. I would have gone to like some Scandinavian country or play some league or whatever. And I would have tried to make my, my path there. And to be but, fair, Jeff, you did it. You went all four years, graduated, went to the MLS, went to the MLS to Europe. You know what I mean? So like you did literally, you completed every day <laughs> of the year, the progression. And, and it's, I look back and like, you know, like you play with guys that I play with guys at like Man United, Chelsea, all these academies. And I'm like, damn, you guys have been playing in these academies for that long. And you guys, can you like, I'm like, wait, you, you signed when you were 13, 14 years old and you were at Man United? And you're, oh, you're at Chelsea? And then they're at Stoke. And I'm like, they all know each other because they, like, grew up in, like, the academy yeah, system. And I'm like, yeah. you guys have no idea. I had to go to high school. I went from high school. I had to go to college. I had to get scouted to go to college. SATs. College. Yeah. I hate tests. And, went to, you know, and then you go from there, you get drafted. And then from there, you, you know, you're lucky enough if you got drafted, right? You know, yeah. you're fortunate enough if you get drafted. And then all of a sudden, um, you're, you're in the MLS and you could stay there for the rest of your career or you go somewhere else. And it, it's just it, – it's crazy, bro. Like, because that's the – you look at it and you're like, man, what if I came over here when I was 14? Would yeah. I be the same player? Would I have been in a, in a better situation? Um, you know, these guys have been making money there since they were 13, 14 years old. Parents didn't have to pay anything. So, so Jeff, um, I just want to congratulate you. I think I read that you solidified your contract with Queens Park Rangers. Are you are you good for? Yeah. So I, I so I have another year left. Yeah. So next year. What's your thoughts on coming back to the MLS? I know that um, you know, uh, you're 34 years old. Great. You know, you had a fantastic uh, run. Um, over in Europe, are you any any thoughts about coming home and um, kind of? Uh... Yeah, I've been I've been thinking about it, man. Um, hmm. It's definitely it's definitely appealing to me for sure. Uh, but I just want to go if I, if I'm going to go back, I want to go back in the right situation. Yeah. Like like I said, I'm not going back to retire and like hang on my boots and like you know. Nah. That's not me. I want to go back. I want to I want to finish play as long as I can. I want to play till I B's age, like exactly. forty years old, man. <laughs> you know? I, I think B's hey, might man, be forty five. I think <laughs> but I want to I want to play as long as I can and at, at a highest level and 
you know, playing over here for another year, if I earn another contract next year, who knows? But I think it, it has to be a, a right situation financially, uh, contractually. And, but like most of all, like for my family to move and all that kind of stuff. So for me, it's, it's, um, it's definitely been in my mind. It's, it's been a thought for sure. Yeah. Um, but I want to, I want to go back to a, a right situation. So bees, so, when you, when you were making that decision to come back to the MLS, how was that process and how did they treat you in terms of, I didn't, didn't want to come to MLS. Okay. When I, when I, when I left, yeah, I was thinking of going to, um, I want to go, uh, uh, to the, uh, like you know, like um, China, like Asia, mm-hmm. yeah, like China. I want to go over there. You want to get that payday? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't back in my mind. Yeah, because after, after that World Cup, I wanted to go, you know, you know, that way. You know, just you know, because I, I I love in my career, I loved kind of you know moving about. I like different you know experiences, different challenges. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I felt that if I could go um, to to China, to Dubai, to Abu Dhabi, one of those teams uh, over there. Uh, make some make some more money. And you can extend your career. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, then I can extend my career. Then you know, then MLS was always going to be there. You know what I'm saying? But you know, it didn't it didn't work it that way. And then I ended up you know going to Houston. So there you go. So how did that process start? Where um the interest um expressed from the MLS, or did you express? Or was it vice versa? Did you express? Uh, it? I didn't because I, I didn't have a contract, so it was it was. Uh, <coughs> oh, okay. It was it was mutual. Yeah, because I, I left I left Puebla um, before the World Cup, so I didn't have a yeah. team after after um, after Brazil. And uh, so I was like, you know what, you know, let me go see my options, see what's going on, see what I want to do. And my first option was, you know, um, over there to, in, in Asia, see see how my game would, you know, kind of evolve over there. Gooch, you left us to probably go do some push-ups or something, but we were asking <laughs> Jeff about his interest in coming back to the MLS. And I was that asked BZ, what was his process like for you coming back from Europe to the MLS? What was that process Ooh. like? Because what I know about the MLS is it's the mafia. They own the, the rights of the players. And then they tell who, what team to go to. They probably still own Gucci's rights. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my, my, uh, my, my path back was a little different. Um, I wanted to stay in Europe as long as possible. Obviously, I, I was never a product of the league, right? Like I went straight from my second year of college straight to France. And then uh, towards the end, you know, the latter part of my career, I wanted to, to come back home. And I wanted to stay on the East Coast. So there's only like a handful of teams um, I was interested to playing for would be DC United, uh, the New York teams, uh, Red Bull and NYCFC, Philly, and maybe Toronto. <clears throat> DC United never, ever, ever had interest in me ever going back. Why? I have no idea whatsoever. Um, the club, the coach, they never had any interest in me coming back. And then um, at some point Toronto did. And then I was, I was actually going to sign to NYCFC in 2015. And the day before signing, did my Achilles. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You remember that? Yeah, I remember, and so, I remember that. Yeah, and then I went back to London, did my rehab, came back the next year. And then I was talking to Philly. And then Philly was like, oh, we don't know. We don't know if you can still play. And I'm like, why would I come out here to embarrass myself, right? Yeah. And they're like, no, we don't know. You have to come out here and, and trial for five days. So I'm like, I was like, I played two World Cups. You're going to have me trial against these first year pros. You know, that's in my, in my, in my mind, I was like, that's a slap in the face. Wow. And then I was like, screw it, whatever, I'll do it. 
And, you know, at the time it was uh, Mo was on the team. Um, Charlie was on the team. Allie. Allie was on the team. Um, and so I was like, screw it. You know, this is the first chance I can play with friends because I've never, my whole career, I've never played with friends. And uh, I went, and after the second day, uh, Ernie and, um, uh, what's Jim, Jim Curtin. Jim, Jim, they sat me Put down. Put some respect to my boy's name. <laughs> <laughs> they sat me down. They came after training. They sat me down. They're like, we apologize. We're so sorry. We want to sign you today. Uh, we didn't think that you had as much as you showed. So we apologize. And then it was a done deal. Yeah, I played my last year there. Hey, I'm Jeff, what, what if they ask you to come on trial? Uh, I just probably right. Wait, what if what if what if New England told you to come on trial? <laughs> I'd stay over here, bro. <laughs> wait, wait. Get, if if New be, England if I'd New England stuck. told you come over here on trial, we'll play you three times what you're pe- pe- getting paid in in the UK. Money ain't happiness, bro. Yeah, <laughs> money ain't happiness. I want to. I want to enjoy my football. Is that because of New England? Or is that because of Bruce? Uh, well, it ain't, it ain't because of New England, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're getting into that subject. Um, I'll just say, like, I have nothing against Bruce, or whatever. But we, I had my differences with him, and the way I, for me, the way I was treated. Like I said, I don't want to be a broken record. I've said yeah. the same thing over and in other interviews and podcasts like i said i have my disagreements i just didn't like the way i was treated that was it i was but you know it's great um jeff um for me as a fan looking at i think all three of you guys have experienced some type of disrespect or some type of slant from the u.s soccer federation and yeah, it's I like mean, almost they forgot what you've done for the program and what you've done for the for, for the for the for the national team success the the problem is I'm not I'm not part of that that uh, that revolving door, you yeah. know, and and I was the outlier, mm. and they didn't know I didn't come from the you know not for you know bees and gooch, but I didn't come through that like U.S. national team the youth system, you know, residency or anything like that, and you know, I don't I don't need to to kiss the ring or anything to play or whatever. It is what it is. I mean, shit. I played under a couple of managers in, in the Premier League with Tony Pulis and Mark yes. Hughes. And I wasn't Mark Hughes' guy, yeah. but I played every single game for him yeah. that I was fit and available. So, yeah. I mean, and I'm playing against the best talent in the world. Well, and I, I don't mean to cut you off, Jay, but that's exactly what I, what I said about uh, what Jurgen told me. You don't have, like, because I was making excuses that why I didn't play all, maybe the coach didn't like me. And Jeff just said it right here. He said he didn't have a great relationship with the coach, but he played, played because he knows Jeff is going to, on that day, he's going to be in 11 because I know what Jeff's going to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. I'll the break, day, I'll, I'll run coach, through a wall for him. You yeah, know, the, coach, the coach, is, the coach, it's his job, his, his job's on line too. You know what I'm saying? So he's going to put 100%. his best 11, regardless of, you know, you don't like him, and, you don't like him, whatever. He's going to play his best 11. And you know what the crazy thing is? I end up perfect, perfect like he, he, you. You have your you have your your differences, and with a manager, everybody has their ups and downs. One hundred percent. That's normal. That's a player. But it's about like respect and the kind of the the disrespect or like the truth. And yeah, you know, Mark Hughes could tell me, "Hey, you know what? Like, I'm gonna go with a different you know lineup tomorrow," and he'd tell you straight up, "This is the reason why." And he wouldn't beat around the bush. He wouldn't say, oh, you're not fit enough or this and that. And as a player, you want to hear that more as a respect thing. Like, just mm-hmm. tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't beat around the bush or, or whatever. 
Um, and it was more of that because, you know, guys had their differences with Jurgen. I had my difference with Jurgen, but I mean, he, he, he valued me and, and he played me. And when, you know, the games that were big games, I played and he, he, you know, I'd have to move to right back cause we had an injury. I hated right back. I had to play right back at Stoke. Stoke. Yeah. But, but like I had to do it for Mark Hughes because he yeah. trusted me. He trusted mm-hmm. me more than playing a right back at the time. We yes. had a right back yeah. that played regularly. Yeah. And he said, you know what? I want you on the field over him. Yeah. And yeah, I'm not know. even a right back. I just, I just proved so, my point. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you got. And you know, like you, you have that and, and he knows that like, you're going to run through a brick wall for him. You're going to leave it on the field. I do that every game. If I have a shit game, I have no problem, but at least I work my ass off and I can, I can walk up the field like, I was shit today. I had some bad passes. I made a few mistakes, but I worked my ass off. And you know, the next week I'll make it up for the manager. I'll have a good game and I'll still continue to work my ass off and prove my worth. And, you know, Mark Hughes, he had a whole team that different style from Pulis from long ball direct Yeah, that had guys that he didn't really like and he had to deal with it Shut and he up. ended up like we ended up having you go from a team that's like 14 15 to top 10 four years in a row yes and you go damn and it and it's not like we signed some other players but i stayed consistent yep and i wasn't his guy but four or five other guys weren't his guys our de- defenders some of the midfielders but for me it was the whole experience of when the transition, when Jurgen got fired and then when Bruce came in, I was injured for the first two games against mm-hmm. Mexico and Costa Rica uh, with my knee. And then I kind of joined up and I kind of heard everything that happened in the Mexico game or whatever. And then Bruce comes in and it was kind of like a different bees. And you remember it, it's, it was a different environment. It wasn't, yeah. it was more relaxed. It was more less challenging in a way. But then it was kind of like, I felt like it was more of like, okay, um, screw these guys a little bit. And no matter what I did, I wasn't his guy. I, yeah. I didn't play for him in LA. I didn't play in the MLS. And then all of a sudden, like, I became an escape goat after the World Cup when yeah. we didn't qualify. He's like, oh, there was bad eggs. What? How was I a bad egg? Because what I, I said straight up, I said, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, you called me into camp saying I wasn't fit enough, but I played 90 minutes against Southampton <laughs> and uh, like ran like 11 K. Yeah. You know, what, what, what are you talking about? How are you going to say I'm not fit? And then I have to sit down in a meeting with all these coaches saying, you know, you're, we, you're an experienced guy. We want you here, this and that. And the thing is, if you look at the training, I played well in training. Yeah. And I got the thing is people. And then he says all this stuff and I'm like, I got emails of correspondence between him and I, Mm-hmm. I could put that all out and be like, this is what he said. This yeah. is what I Put is- it out. <laughs> but, but the thing is, I know, I know the truth. I know, I know what I was told and what he said to me. And realistically, it is what it is. He said, at the end of the day, he said I wasn't fit enough. And he said I wasn't sharp enough. Well, that's bullshit. Because yeah. I played 90 minutes against Southampton. Mm-hmm. And well, I was injured for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, my play speaks for itself. If I, if I wasn't fit enough, I wouldn't have played 90 minutes against No chance. Time. No chance. And you know what? We At that point, we were like kind of struggling in the kind of relegation area. And Mark Hughes was like, if you're going to the national team, you better play. Because if not, I want, to, I want you here. Yeah. And, and stay fit, stay healthy. Because it's a risk, me going over there. Yep, yep. And then you, you go. Coming you off of, of course. So it's like, 
and that was the thing. I wanted to go. I wanted to help the U.S. I wanted to. I wanted to play. But as soon as I got there on that Sunday, he already had the starting lineup already put. And I was like, "Wow, this is some bullshit." Wow. Like, come on, man. And it was more of just, just the kind of the the sly and like I was the I didn't have anything to defend myself. I mean, when he's making quotes and saying stuff about a whole team of guys that are experienced veterans. Mm -hmm. And he says, I had, I had the, I did the best that I could with the talent that I had. Fuck. That's a slap in the face to everyone. Yeah. Quick question. I got a quick question. Yeah. Played How many years professionally? 55 caps with the national team, multiple goals. Do you think your national team legacy or U.S. soccer legacy has been at all tainted. Like people don't yeah, re- re- really respect the player that you were for the program. Nah, nah. But the thing is, look, all my caps. I didn't play any. I didn't play any Gold Cup. I didn't play any of that. You look. I never played one Gold Cup in my career. Not one. You play all so, qualifying World Cup qualifying. All qualifying or like f- friendly games. Friendlies, yeah. But like oh, oh, I didn't World Cup. So like you, 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 you um. You look at all the games that you you would play in a like in a, in a Gold Cup. You play like ten games, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, you think about it. That is, I didn't it think about that. Like, yeah. You know, and and like I could get a bunch of caps if I if the thing was when I kind of started hitting with the national team it was like just in the beginning of Jurgen, and I was just kind of going over to Europe. So it was, it was, I missed. I had the qualifiers in the beginning of the summer. And then I'd, I'd have my offseason, and then I'm going back for preseason. So I wasn't allowed to do the Gold Cup. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in the MLS, I didn't really – I wasn't really chosen because I was yeah. just a young kid, and mm-hmm. they, had, they had the veteran MLS guys. But, you know, for me, it's – you're right, Gooch, because I, I do feel like – and then I came out, you know, the Players' Tribune, and I wasn't trying to call – I mean, I could have called out a lot more stuff, but I was just trying to see, like, this was the problem. This yeah. is the system that, like – that needs to be fixed because for me, whether people agree with Jurgen or not, he was trying to bring that European system over here to the U S Yeah. and you know, it's crazy. Cause I was talking to these kids in San, in San Antonio, the Academy directors, they were saying because these coaches were like, ever since Jurgen has been gone, there's been no direction for the academies. Mm-hmm. And now they just, yeah they just they yeah. just canceled it yeah he said because it was like a structure thing it was like what their idea and what their philosophy was and what they were kind of like leaning towards and grooming for um yeah they, they definitely yeah. had some type of vision and, and started with the top going all the way down to academy and jürgen was very very key on that you know because he, he was trying to bring that german that german yes. the german system and that's and, the reason why we brought the, him in that's why i thought right it's and, the, and, and, and more time. that's that that's the like what gooch said like yeah i feel like mate i got i got over 200 and something appearances in the premier league or whatever and you know 55 caps and whatever I mean, at the end of the day, I've had a successful career. Yeah, it sucked. I got relegated, and I didn't. We didn't call qualify for the last World Cup. Um, but you experience those things as a player. You have your ups and downs in your career, and whether you want to, t- you have these broadcasters that, you know, think they're Mister Perfects <laughs> and know it all, and they didn't have anywhere near the career that yeah. that we have had, that Gooch, Bees, or myself have had. They didn't put themselves like where we are. 
Well, well, Jeff, we want to change that dynamic and realize that um, we want to control the media and bring people like yourself, who we think is a phenomenal career, phenomenal player, phenomenal person. And we want to applaud you and let you know that oh, what you did for bro. the country <laughs> and what you accomplished is something that us as footballers know how hard it is to, to, to reach and how hard those goals. Yeah. And, and, um, and again, we don't have to wait for the other people to, to kind of uh, – verify us you know we can do it ourselves I appreciate that bro you know? bees what, what do you what do you think about that like what do you think about the the situation and like you know with the with with um bruce and and all that and kind of your experience with why with didn't we I, why didn't we qualify for world cup bees what was the why why didn't we yes i mean i mean everybody i i, I agree with the fact that it wasn't just one game for one yeah uh, you know i think you know, what Jeff spoke about it earlier, he said, you know, the vibe was different. You know, the, that, the vibe of the team. Mm. When you talk about a team and a, and a, a team trying to claw for a World Cup or playing in a World Cup or whatever, uh, you need all, you need those, that, 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 that part right. You need to get the, the, the right people, how, however you see your team, or plays on the field, plays off the field. But the vibe, when you walked into camp, it, it didn't feel right. You know what I'm saying? It was, wow. I think people's, people's mentality were on other things, you know. Um, mm. it, it wasn't just about, you know, qualifying. I, I think everyone thought it was going to happen, you know, and I think that's what – It was, like, what, strict. It, for yeah, Jurgen, and I think, it was, like – Yeah, and I think that's what, what Jeff touched on. You know, it was a, it was a lack of days. It was, I wouldn't say lazy, but it was uh, – I mean, the training sessions were good, but it was – You know what I'm saying? Look at – I think we lost that. We, we lost that bit. And, 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 and to be honest – you know, I hold, you know, the veterans, you know, more so accountable, myself included, you know, when I was in, when I was in camp, that we didn't do enough for the guys that would, you know, go into the first world, the uh, world uh, cup qualifying cycle, or maybe try and get to the first world cup. You know, we didn't, we didn't set a, uh, a better example, example as far as, you know, leading the team in, in the right way. And I don't think we did that. And for me, from, you know, coaches change from going from Jurgen to, to Bruce you know, that part didn't, didn't really bother me as much. It was more so um, the fact that I think as a group, we let ourselves down in, in our mentality of what was really at stake. You know what I'm saying? And, and for me, and I, and I say this because I had somewhat of a, a backseat this time because, you know, I was brought in on a different kind of different um, assistant coach. Di- no, 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 no. <laughs> you had a different <laughs> role. To play. A different role. A different role. You know, I wasn't stuck. So I got so my point is I got to see from a, a little bit of a background, yeah. you know, people's mannerisms, people's how people, you know, act a certain different uh, to react to certain different things and you know what's being said because you know I, I wasn't a starter. You know, mm-hmm. I was I was a I was a more of a role <laughs> player if you needed another left back to come in or a games that you know uh, you would Bruce, fill in yeah I would fill in you know so that was my role on the team so I got a chance to kind of sit back and actually like really open my eyes open my ears and what was going on around me and like I said the whole vibe the mentality was wrong and I do put a little of that on Bruce you know because when he came in the whole the whole kind of it let it, it felt that you know everyone could just relax like okay yeah it's it's, it's um it's, everything's it's, it's gonna like, oh, be okay every, we're gonna we're gonna yes it's okay you know, it wasn't, you know, it was just like, a, okay, you know, the whole, the weight is lifted off your shoulder. You know what I'm saying? And I think that part was, uh, was really lacking with, uh, with that World Cup. Boy, that World Cup, that cycle. Definitely, man. But I just want to say that, Jeff, man, we're looking forward to uh, 
your transition, if it's <clears throat> another club in Europe or if it's coming back to the MLS, uh, I'm excited because, uh, you know, getting a chance to see your journey from college to now, very proud of you. Um, and and, and uh, you are the person who's a versatile player, has been through injuries, ups and downs. You always kind of steered the ship and kept on going. So I just wanted to, again, applaud you. I want to say uh, and, and thank you for, for you coming on to our show and being our first. You birthed us, sir. This first. Is first. <laughs> first. First one. First guest. Yeah, I want to say congrats to uh, the little man you had uh, about four months ago, man, being a new dad. Cheers, bro. Congrats, yeah, oh, yeah, thank congratulations, you, man. man. Congratulations. Thanks, man. What's his name? Thanks. Uh, Caleb. Caleb. Caleb Cameron. That's big Caleb time, Andrew man. Cameron. Awesome. Yeah, bro. He's got more hair than you, Bees. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I can imagine. I can imagine. Hey, no, it's hey, funny. Hey, looking all shiny. It's, it's Ooh, good to go. I can, I can see my reflection. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? We can sit here and talk until Bees' hair starts to grow, but unfortunately, <laughs> you know, we, we, we got we to gotta cut it. But, um, but again, uh, terrific show, guys. Thank you, Jeff, for being part of our history. Yeah. Appreciate it, Jeff. Uh, hopefully pleasure, we get you bro. back on here when, um, you know, you do make your decision, your next move. A anytime. Anytime, boys. Anytime. You know that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the Crack Podcast, and we see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.